All right, everybody, welcome to the Mets News Podcast, where we talk all things Mets and anything I feel like talking about. Now, today, uh, we're going to do a little live reaction to the Met <clears throat> Cardinal game, and uh, also, Jerry Lee Lewis made it into the Country Hall of Fame, so you're going to get my two retrospectives of his life, and I can finally add into the part that I've been waiting to add into, that he's finally in the Country Hall of Fame. But that's we'll talk about that at the end of the episode as Pete Alonso gets the terrible cut. So you're going to get a long episode today. So if you have a long car ride, you have the perfect episode. Um, so the Mets lost their first series of the week. And I guess they took care of business against the Nationals, starting with the Mets' week in review here. And uh, whatever, you know, you lose one game. Uh, the injuries are... Piling up, though. James McCann, sore wrist. <clears throat> uh, then you got the news about Tyler McGill getting the elbow information. Is it elbow information or is it lat inflammation as Alonzo strikes out? You get the point. Um, there's an injury, and... It's not good because James McCann wasn't hitting. And Patrick Mazika, if you want to skip ahead to what he did against the great um, Seattle Mariners, which the Mets lost their first series of the year against, um, hit a home run. But James McCann has not been doing anything good. He's held up his end defensively. But if you look at his numbers over the past few years, you'll see that he's not held up his his uh, end of the bargain offensively. And I always said this before I started a podcast, uh, because James McCann, of course, was on the White Sox. I always considered him more of the product of his time, meaning because of the juice balls, he was able to be more productive. Once those juice balls were changed, it's over. You know, he's not going to be the same uh, player he was. And I I don't want to be right about that as Dom grounds out to Jornavez, the Cardinal first baseman. Um, I don't want to say I'm right, but I am right, you know. Uh, he's not, you know, he held up his end defensively, but he's not held up the end offensively. So that, that kind of stinks. Tomlin Walker pitched a great game. He's pitching game two of the doubleheader today against the Cardinals. Uh, it looked like he was dealing with a back problem, and... To give him credit where credit's due, he battled and he fought and he did what he had to do. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for with him. Uh, there, There's always going to be that expectation of, well, he was an all-star pitcher in the first half last year. We want that again. But I think Tywin Walker was just on a very hot streak and and you really can't can't hold against him. He's a fourth or fifth starter at best. Uh, and he's performing at his standards. But he pitched a great seven innings against a Washington Nationals team. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. He's a Washington. The Washington Nationals, they stink. They stink. And, and should the Mets have Swept the series, now knowing that Tyler McGill is injured, probably not. But at the same time, it goes into what I was saying. What do you expect? 
you know, I give him a lot of credit for what he did. But that's pretty much it. And then the Mets <clears throat> considered they lost the series against the Seattle Mariners. Uh, MLB fixture baseballs. That's pretty much all I got on Friday night. I mean, Scherzer battled and showed the grit of why you're paying him all the money you're paying him. And who's on the mound? Ah, uh, Jake Reed's back on the mound. Here we go, boys. He's going to you know, he walked the ball, or boys and girls, sorry about that. He walked the ballpark. Um, yeah. There's a base hit. Oh! Nice play, Escobar diving on the backhand. And they're just going to say it was a lineup. So there's the first out. But back to what I was saying before. Um, you know, they win the, they came back from the bullpen implosion. And um, Saturday, it is what it is. You lose those games. Uh, it stinks, but it is what it is. Dodgers up 6-4. to four, And I, I don't think the sky is falling. Uh, Starling Marte's on the abrievement list. Uh, we wish him all the best. Uh, his grandmother died, who was a mother figure in his life. In all seriousness, we wish him the best. And here is Met Killer Yadier Molina. Reed struggled his first inning, and let, let 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 me let me catch you up on this game. Um, you know the Mets got a three nothing lead as Molina might st strike out three times. Fourteen straight winning seasons for the Cardinals. Uh, Jankowski with the first run of the game as Molina hits a high fly ball to left center field. Nimmo going to the warning track at the wall. He'll haul it in. And again, this brings up the question of the dead balls. But um, Jankowski got the RBI hit. McNeil. And then I think Tom Smith got a double. Yeah, he did get a double. Uh, Trevor Williams did his job giving you four innings. And now Jake Reed has a chance to give you another inning after a 27-pitch first inning. Um, which was the fifth inning, of course, he put it together. Dylan Carlson, though, who's two for two today, single and a double, is up to the plate. That's a ball. Slider. Ground ball, this should end the inning. Barehanded pick, nice scoop by Dom, and Jake Reed recovers. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. He 
you know, as Matt Harvey, this is breaking news, just got a 60-game suspension. Uh Oh, poor Matt Harvey. I mean, the the books. Don, you can go back into the archives. I know you guys are going to be getting excited to listen to the archives of the Jared D. Lewis life story. So I want to round it out to him because I think that that should be the focus today. Um, you know, I, I, I said in my retrospective of his life that I didn't think he'd get into the Hall of Fame until he unfortunately passed away. I'm, I'm happy I'm wrong about it because he deserves it. No one else, in my opinion, deserves to go into the Hall of Fame, at least the country Hall of Fame, than Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis because he represents country. Uh, to a T. Um, you know, he's been through all the sadness in his life. Uh, you'll get into it. You'll hear it. Um, um, I hate saying um, so I'm going to stop saying it. He's just been through so much in his life. And I thought, you know, the old, the grand old opera story, I don't know if I cover that in, in this episode, but the grand old opera story is uh, disgraceful. That's the reason they kept it out, kept him out. It was because he was told you can't curse, you can't do this, you can't do that. A whole riot list and Jerry Lee. I think I do talk about it. So I don't want to spoil the story because I, I did two parts to his life because I had to go somewhere. And this is right before the pandemic, actually, funny enough. But I had to go somewhere. And um, it's very fascinating, actually. And you'll, you'll get into it. And I don't want to spoil the story now because I do remember it because my memory was rejogged. I do talk about it. So... He's in the Country Hall of Fame now. It's well, it's well overdue. Um, as Agordo Escobar comes to the play, I'll do it. I'll do the bottom of the sixth, I guess. Nice curveball. And uh, but you know, uh, you'll hear enough about it during the episode. Well overdue for Mr. Lewis and Escobar lines went into the left center field, right center field. Excuse me for a base hit. Good hit. He's been struggling. He has been struggling. As uh, Guillaume coming up because Louie, Louie, Louie's playing. He needs this. He's heating up a little bit, Escobar. Here's Guillaume, who's made some crucial mistakes in the field. Nothing too crucial, I guess, because the men still have the lead. Fouled off the first pitch, Guillaume. And he fouled off another one. Guillaume's on this team, let's be honest, because of a good... Because he's a good fielder. He can play multiple positions, and he should have stayed on the team over... Um, doing it again. <laughs> over Robinson Cano, who made an error the other day. I don't know if you guys knew that. Well, now you do. Waiting, setting, delivering, and he grounds it. That should be two. Guillaume is slow. And Guillaume just beats it out. 
Tomas Nito will catch game two. I think Mazika's coming to the plate. <laughs> no, it's Jankowski who looks at a curveball. Nothing in one. Swing and a miss at a fastball. Nothing in two. Is that Seth Lugo? Yep. And he'll fall off. <laughs> uh, here's the O2. Fouled it off. Ay, 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 ay. Jankowski's been a nice piece. I, you know, he's filled his job up pretty well. And uh, that can't be ignored. That has to be acknowledged. Uh, O2 coming. Way upstairs with a fastball. One and two. Michaelis is over 100 pitches for the first time this season as Mazika's on deck. Swing and a missed strike three. So, Jankowski strikes out for the second out, and he'll get a lot more playing time now with uh, Starling Marte going on the abbreviate list. Two for seven since returning with the big home run, and he hits it towards left. It'll be played. Tyler O'Neill gets under it, makes the catch. This has been an edition of the Mets News Podcast. After the break, you will hear the two Jerry the Lewis Life retrospectives. They are split up into two different episodes, so I apologize. All right, stay safe, have a good one, and congrats to the killer for making it into the Country Hall of Fame, and let's hope the Mets stay hot. Let's go Mets, and congrats to the killer, Mr. Jerry Lee Lewis. Stay safe. Welcome, everybody, to the Mets News Podcast, where we talk all things Mets and anything I feel like talking about. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I would like to personally thank all my 
subscribers and viewers for making my last episode, Mets owners not selling a team, my highest rated, rated episode ever on Anchor and other platforms. By combined total, I had over 100 views on my last podcast with all, all the platforms combined. So I'd really like to thank everybody. I'm happy that this podcast personally is taking off. It means the world to me. And I got a big announcement coming up. I can't tell you the details yet, but I have a very big announcement that's going to make everyone else. As many of you know, I am on Spotify. This next platform I'll be joining in the coming months or weeks is going to be very big for this podcast. And I just, I can't believe this. This podcast is really just for fun. And it really is taken off. And I really cannot thank you guys enough for the support and everything. So hopefully 100, 100 views is just a, a start. We'll get to 1,000 views, 500 views, 200 views. You know, every week I'm getting new listeners from different countries, from different states, everywhere. So this really means a lot to me that everyone's enjoying the content I'm producing on Anchor, my beautiful pot, my podcast platform and the platform I'm going to be joining in the in the coming months or weeks is an even bigger platform. So I can't wait to announce that when that date comes. Now, moving into this week's episode. Oh, one more announcement. I will be down in Fort St. Lucie next Saturday through Monday and I will try to get Mets players on the podcast. Monday I will be in West Palm Beach before flying back to where I live and I'm going to try to get some other players out there. I think... I don't think it's going to be the Astros. I don't think I'm going to be able to get anybody on there. But I don't think I'm going to be get, getting anybody on there. Not from the Astros, Mets, Cardinals, or Washington Nationals. But I'm going to try my best. Maybe I'll be able to get DeGrom on there. That's what I'm shooting for. But I, if I can get anybody on the podcast, to me, that's just, you know, great. But we'll see what happens there. Um, Now getting into this week's episode. We're not going to be talking to any sports. Because, you know, spring training... A little bit of a week away. Football's over. I am going to do an XFL podcast th- this coming Monday. It'll be released by the way this this coming Wednesday. But I'm going to watch some XFL. I'm going to give you my opinion on it. Going to root. I I I'm very excited to watch. It intrigues me. The F- the XFL, believe it or not, intrigues me. But I'm going to get into it this coming Monday when the episode is released. So you're getting two podcasts in the same weekend because I'm I'm recording this. On uh, Thursday, the 13th, and this is going to be, of course, released on Valentine's Day, Friday, the 14th. By the way, happy birthday to my brother. My brother's birthday and my grandfather's birthday is tomorrow. My grandfather passed away and my great-grandfather's birthday is tomorrow. So happy birthday to all of them. I love love them very much. Um... So that's really it. Now, this week's episode is on Jerry Lee Lewis. One of the, now you're probably all wondering, who, who's Jerry Lee Lewis? Well, let me tell you, Jerry Lee Lewis is, is one of the great rock and roll singers. He is the founder of rock and roll. He is rock and roll's first wild man. He is also one of the greatest country singers of all time, mixed in with a little soul and gospel in between. So uh, listen, we're going to get into the bad stuff for Jerry Lewis. We're going to get into the hits. This episode, this episode could be 20 minutes. It could be an hour, you know. I'm really excited to dive into this. I'm really excited to dive into this guy. Jerry Lewis is one of my favorite singers of all time with hits like Great Balls of Fire, Whole Lot of Shaking Going On, High School Confidential. I mean, the list goes on. Good Guy, Miss Molly, What I Say. 
Um, in the country, there's more rock and roll hits. Um, the, in the country section, there's 39 and Holden, Another Place, Another Time, What Made Me Milwaukee Famous, Me and Bobby McGee, Middle Age Crazy, Jack Daniels Old Number 7. I mean, there are, and in the country, in the, the gospel section, and I will add to you, here's the thing, I'm not really into gospel music. I'm not really a gospel type of guy. But there's, there's songs like My God is Real, which is really big for him, Waiting for a Train. Um, he's really big in the gospel section, so there might not be a lot of gospel in this episode. We're going to mostly focus on his early life, his country, and we're even going to get into the scandals that he's had. But, um, you know, let's just start from the beginning. Jerry Lee Lewis was born um, September 29th, 1935 in Mississippi. He's from a dirt, dirt poor family. He had nothing. His father and mother mortgaged their one their one like bedroom house with no bathroom, by the way. They had to go out in the outhouse to use the bathroom. And even back you know, he grew up, Jerry Lewis, in the in the, the Great Depression, the end of the Great Depression and during World War, during all the big wars. Um so really, I mean, this guy grew up in in the dirt poor south. And he didn't really have a good life. He didn't really go to school. He actually got suspended from school at age 12. And he didn't have anything. I mean, you could also... I think you've also heard of his cousins, Mickey Gilly and, and Jimmy Lee, Jack Swagger. They, they all grew up together on the same street. And here's a funny story about Jerry Lewis. Because I've done a lot of research on him. I've watched his movie, Great Balls of Fire. Which, by the way, is not a very good movie. It's, um, you know... I don't like the movie personally. I hope when Jerry D. Lewis, this is going to sound awful, dies. Or they could do it now. They come out with a better movie. Because I've read his book, Jerry D. Lewis, My Life Story, which was a very good book. It came out a few years ago. I recommend it. Um, it in my opinion, I think it came out in 2014. It's one, it's one of my favorite books of all time that I've ever read. I've enjoy, I enjoyed every minute, minute of it. I have actually went to go see Jerry D. Lewis Um I think it was back in 2017. I went to go see him at the BB BB King Bar and Grill, and you know, for an eighty for an eighty year old at the time, he really could still go. He really could, and um, you know, I'll get into that later. But anyway, Jerry Lewis's early life was awful. Um, actually, when the when the floods would happen in Mississippi, like the snakes would go into it and stuff, because he lived out near a lake in Mississippi, and he lived near a cornfield. His father. Elmo Lewis was a, he, you know, he was in and out of prison. He wasn't, he had a bad, he really set a bad example for Jerry Lee Lewis. His mother died at a very, died when Jerry Lee was in his early 20s, I think. So, I mean, this guy came from really nothing. But he, he had a God-given talent, to quote him, of playing the piano. He, one day, when he was five years old at his cousin's house, funny enough, he was playing um, Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star, or no, yeah, it was Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And um, his mother heard him and said, By golly, this guy, this kid has talent. And he's going to pull us out of this shithole we're in. That was a quote from the book. Um, so obviously they, 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 um, they booked everything they had into buying him a, a grand piano, which Jerry Lewis still owns to this day. By the way, he is still alive. The last one standing from the original Sun Records group of Johnny Cash... Ray Omanson and Elvis Presley, which, by the way, they're all very good members in their own right. But the thing that really 
just stands Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis Alex, which we will get into. So he began performing at age 9 or 10. He dropped out of school, got suspended from school at age 13, funny enough. But he didn't really go to school. But, you know, he'd play at bars. He'd play at strip joints. He'd play anywhere he could. Yeah, this is actually a funny story. Jerry Lewis was so thin that they would put all the rich people at these clubs would put all the watches around him. And one day they actually got bust one of the strip strip joints he played in. I'm gonna quote the book. I was playing and they busted and they, they and I was behind the stage and they saw me playing and I had a ton of gold watches around me and everything and I almost went to jail that night. He also played the drum sometimes. So think about this. Jerry Lee Lewis would play the piano and somehow keep a drum beat too. Because they didn't have enough money for a band. And, you know, the, the saying in the, in the Jerry Lewis household was, it's not when, Jer- it's not if Jerry's going to get a hit, it's when Jerry Lee Lewis is going to get a hit. So in his early, when he was 18 years old, he was at a salon one day and he saw, he was reading a magazine article saying, Sam Phillips made Elvis Presley a star. And at this point, they're, they're, they're going all around trying to get into a record company. They went to Nashville. They went to, they went everywhere you could back then to get into a record. And they all turned them down saying, you know, you're a really good piano player, but if when you learn how to play guitar, you can come back. Which, by the way, Jerry Lewis learned how to play guitar, but, you know, Piano was his first love. He wanted to show everyone you can be a rock and roll star on your first love. So he went to Sun Records, and Sam Phillips was on vacation in Florida. And you, you will, he said, I'm not leaving until I get, get, excuse my voice, a session. So, so uh, just to get him off the steps of Sun Records, they said, all right, you can play the piano and everything. And he played... Crazy Arms, one of his first great country hits. And when Sam Phillips came back, he said, all right, we're, we're just going to play you this one so he, so he leaves our doorstep. They, they, before it even got to the singing, Sam Phillips said, I could sell that. And, you know, the rest is history for Jerry Lee Lewis. He became a huge megastar. They didn't want him in the beginning to play rock and roll songs, but in the early... I think it was 1956 when it was when he signed. So they um they actually had this great record called The Million Dollar Quartet. The only time in history where you had Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis Presley, Ray Armisen, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins all together in the same room and they and they and they bashed out hit after hit after hit. There actually is a play called The Million Dollar Quartet, a play I'm going to go see this summer when it comes to New York. I'm going to take the drive out to New York and I'm going to watch it because it's just a great, a great play and I can't wait to see that. But anyway, back to Jerry D. Lewis. He was playing at a club one night and Johnny Cash and Carl Perkins went up to him and said, hey, you got to add a little more pizzazz to your performance. And he said, oh, I could do that. And he says, well, why? He says, why don't you jump off, kick your stool away from the piano? And he says, all right, I'll do it. So it's after his final set. His boot got caught into it. So when he went to go kick the piano stool, at least this is what the book says, he kicked the piano stool and the boot, the boot went flying into the crowd and hit a lady in the first row. And I, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I, anyway, and the crowd really went wild and they said that's the last time we ever give this kid advice because that really put Jerry Lee Lewis into a 
really started to push him into superstardom. And then, 1957, nothing was working. The country songs weren't really working. You know, they were getting hits. But, you know, when you have someone like Elvis Presley at the different, at the new record label, because Elvis went, was sold by Sam Phillips in December to, I don't remember the record label's name. When I do an Elvis Presley episode, which I will be doing, um, we'll, I'll get the name for you. Because Elvis's life is just as interesting as Jerry Lee Lewis's life. Jerry Lee said, I heard this song after Christmas of 1957. I heard this song. I want to do it. There was a whole lot of shaking going on. And a whole lot of shaking going on. It's funny. People credit Elvis with having the first real sex song. Jerry Lee Lewis's song, that song's basically about ha- having sex in a barn. I mean, they just don't use the words we hear today. It's like, go listen to the song. It's actually gonna, I'm actually going to have, this will not be a sponsored episode by Anchor, at least I don't think, because at the end of it, I'm going to have songs by Jerry Lee Lewis. And, you know, this is my... This is just a fun episode. Or if I do decide to put this matcha there, just look him up. A whole lot of shaking going on. Great balls of fire. You'll, you'll hear what I mean. And that, that really became a hit. And he went on the Steve Allen show and started to perform that. And really the rest is history for him. His next big hit was Great Balls of Fire. And that, and that really is Jerry Lewis's biggest hit ever. Um, that came out. In 1958, late 1957 as well. And that really was his biggest hit. I mean, even if you don't know who Jerry Lee Lewis is, you know the song Great Balls of Fire. That He is, by the way, rock and roll's first great wild man. And here's a funny story about Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, in his early career after Great Balls of Fire came out, you um, he was um, him and Chuck Berry were... Saying, well, who wants to go on last? And Chuck Berry says, it's in my contract I go on last. So Jerry Lee says, well, I have more hits than you right now. And then the manager said, well, he has seven number one hits, and how many do you have? And he says, well, I have two. And then, he's, then Jerry Lee said, well, who has the number one record right now? And I guess after many hours of arguing about who's going to go on last, they finally just said, Jerry Lee said, fine, Cat, if that's the way you want it. Jerry Lee goes on after... Great Balls of Fire, it's half gasoline, half Coca-Cola. He puts it in his piano, and the piano just gets engulfed in flames, and they had to get someone to put that out. But that's really it there. And then in 1958, May of 1958, he went to England. And this is where Jerry Lewis's first of many downfalls happens. He went with his 13-year-old married cousin, and... The reporter asks, well, who are you? And he says, well, Myra goes, well, I'm his wife. And everyone was shocked. And really, before we get into it, I, that's disgusting. They weren't actually first cousins. You know, they weren't really related. That's always been a rumor there that, hey, you know, they were related. No, they were never related. They were second cousins, twice removed. I'm not condoning it. I still think it's very disgusting. And Jerry Lee says, and then the reporter says, Mr. Lewis, is this your wife? And he says, well, sure it is. It's my wife. Because, you know, Jerry Lee's not that smart. He's from the South. He didn't go to school that much. And that really put his career in a downhill spiral. And it really took Jerry Lee Lewis 10 years to really get his footing back. And right when Jerry Lee Lewis was about to quit, because he was ostracized 
from all the radio. His last big hit was High School Confidential and Breathless, and that was taken off the air. No, even after the signed apology that he did, he it was just it wasn't enough, and he really became late night comedy's first real punching bag because everyone really took advantage of the fact that he married his cousin, which I'm not condoning. If that would have happened today, he would have went to jail. And you know what? It was a different time, and I'm not really going to get into that. But Elvis was in the military. This was Jerry Lee Lewis's time to really, you know, bring his own and take the crown away from Elvis, but he couldn't because of that scandal. And, you know, it really took Jerry Lee Lewis a... A long time to get back into it. I mean, it took him 10 years until he finally said, well, I know you don't want to do country, the guy said, but this is really your last hope. Just do this one country song, and if it doesn't work, you know, in his new record label, by the way, if it doesn't work, then fine, whatever. You can leave. And they went, fine, I'll do it. And they did it. It was another place, another time. It sounded beautiful. And the reason why I think, and I'll get in, I'll, I'll, I'll save this for the end. But after that, in, ni- in 1969, nearly 10 years, it could have been 11 years after his comeback, that really started Jerry Lewis's comeback. And by the way, before that, he lost his son in a pool accident, a strange pool accident, and that really fueled his fire to also come back to the top. All this guy did before that big hit was just go to places and drink a lot of Jack Daniels and whiskey and, you know, really almost killed himself. But Jerry Lewis is like a cat. He has nine lives. He used about seven of them, but he still has them. So after we hear from my beautiful sponsor, Anchor, we will get into part two of the Jerry Lewis life story, at least a quick summary of the Jerry Lewis life story. We will get into the country Hits. We will get into the, the the strange deaths surrounding his wife's. We'll get into the lawsuit he had against his daughter. We'll get into the IRS kicking him out of the United States, him leaving the country and going to Ireland. We'll get we'll get into the last man standing disc. We'll get into his recent life and how he had a stroke recently, uh, last year, la- last March actually. We'll get into. The, reuni- the reuniting of the, mil- of the Million Dollar Quartet the year after Elvis died, 1978, to release their record. We're going to get into the, the Jerry Lewis 60, early 60s, late 60s to now timetable after we hear from my beautiful sponsor, Anchor. So stick around. Welcome, everybody, to the Mets News Podcast, where we talk all things Mets and anything I feel like talking about. Today's episode, part two of the Jerry Lee Lewis life story, one of my favorite singers of all time. Now, part one, we covered the Jerry Lee Lewis early life. Go, if you want to listen to it, go into the archives. It's episode, season one, episode 11, if you want to catch up on Jerry Lee Lewis early life. Part two is now going to focus on Jerry Lewis, 1968 to approximately present day. So we're going to get into it. 1968. Jerry Lee Lewis's life is in ruins. He's lost a son. His marriage isn't going so out. He's an alcoholic and pillhead. 
and no top hit, really, no big hit since 1958. In 1964, he had the comeback show in England, which I did not get into part one, because let me tell you folks, the 1964 comeback show where he hit, where he did all the favorites, you can look it up on YouTube. If anybody's interested in looking up the 1964 comeback show, type in Jerry Lee Lewis, whole lot of shaking going on, 1964. And it's him in London, England with a fake guitar and everything and everything, like fake instruments. And it's him singing and everyone's around the piano and he has the long hair and his voice changed. Which, by the way, this is a funky thing. Jerry Lee Lewis's voice got deeper as his life went on. Now, there's the Jerry Lee Lewis early life from the 18 to, I'd say, 24-year-old, where, his, where, his, where he sounds all young and crisp. Then there's the Jerry Lee Lewis change in voice, which is from, I'd say, 1966 to 1971. Then there's the Jerry Lee Lewis from 1971 to 1988. And then there's the Jerry Lee Lewis from 1990 voice from 2006. And then there's the tired old Jerry Lewis voice from present day, which still sounds good for an 81-year-old. But Jerry Lewis did that comeback show in England from 1960, 1964, and it, it was awful. It was basically a sham. Rock and roll was dead. There was the Beatles and Elvis, and there was no way Jerry Lewis could compete with the Beatles. Now we sh- now we fast forward to 1968. Now if anyone's interested in the 1964 album, just type in Jerry Lewis, London, England. All these videos will pop up. I enjoy some of them. To close out the 1964 thought, I enjoy some of them. I mean, it's okay. But, you know, you could tell they were just trying to see if rock and roll was still a thing for him, which is not, because he could not compete with the Beatles. And even Elvis. Elvis was just getting back in the, from the military in 1964. All right, we're going to fast forward to 1968. He's recording at... I don't... This is going to kill me now. I don't know the record label's name. I think it's... You can look the record label. That's not important. But he's recording there, and... um. Someone came up to him and said, Jerry, this rock and roll crap isn't working anymore. To quote the book, Jerry Lee Lewis, My Life Story. By the way, like I said in part one, if you want to learn everything about Jerry Lee Lewis, you can. Because there's stuff in this episode I will not cover. Um, go buy the book. Don't watch the movie. The movie is a fairy tale version of everything. It's not real. The movie's awful. Go buy the book. The book is great. It's co-written by a very good author. I can't think of his name, but go buy the book. It is a very nice book. So they're saying, basically, Jerry, this crap isn't working anymore. You got to move on to something else. And he said, fine, I'll do that. I really will. I have no problem. I'll do it. And they said, he said, I'm not doing country. And he says, but that's that you got to do it. That, that That's going to bring you back to number one. And he said, I'm not going to do it. So finally, he did it. And his first big hit, Another Place, Another Time. Huge hit for Jerry Lewis. A huge, huge hit. Excuse me as I take a sip of water. Huge hit for Jerry Lewis. This brought him back into the mainstream. Because that song, and the one thing about Jerry Lewis, and I'm just going to get this out of the way now. 
The reason why Jerry Lewis connects with so many people, even today, quite frankly, is because you could tell he's lived through his songs. When he's singing high songs about having a ton of girls, like when maybe Milwaukee famous of how ladies begged me not to go so many times before, she says love and happiness can't sit, live behind those singing doors. You could think, you could see that Jerry Lewis actually went through that because let's just be honest, he's had a lot of extramarital affairs. He's been married eight times. So he does it. And that, that was a hit. That really was a hit. He was accepted by the country role. There, he dyed his hair black. And he's taking um, pictures with the petunias, the flowers and everything. And there's that, that, there's that classic picture. Also on the record. And by the way, I have all the Jerry Lewis records. Here's a fun fact. I enjoy old music. Yes, uh, yes I like current music. I like rock and roll. I like rap. I like a little rap. I'm not big of a rap guy, but I, I like old music. So I have a record player upstairs. So on part one, there's another place, another time. And part two is uh, what made me Milwaukee famous and play me a song I can cry to. That's three hits right there on one record that Jerry Lewis came out with. And quite frankly, it's one of the great, great country records of all time. And Jerry Lewis is an interview. Jerry Lewis can make any song... His own, meaning, here's an example. We're going to use What I Say for an example, even though that's mid-60s, I think, What I Say came out. We're going to use What I Say for a, as a prime example. What I Say is like, everyone's heard, I think, the Ray Charles version. Jerry Lewis starts out with a very good, weird intro. It's only a two-minute, What I Say... Ray Charles is like a eight-minute song, actually six and a half. My bad. Um, Jerry Lewis's version is two minutes and fifty-one seconds. It's quick and has the um, bass, and it's it's just a great song. But it it sounds you couldn't. It is totally different from the Jerry Lewis. The Jerry Lewis version, if I can get my thought out correctly, and the Ray Charles version are completely different songs, and it's great. But that's the thing people love about Jerry Lewis. That's one of his biggest compliments ever, is the fact that he was able to make a song his own, and that's really it. But he didn't really catch a big break until late 1969, and... His old buddy, Sam Phillips, used to own Sun Records. All right, Jerry, here's what I need you to do. I need you to come to the Holiday Inn. Because, by the way, Sam Phillips is one of the founders of the Holiday Inn. I don't think many people know that. He was one of the big investors in the Holiday Inn. Fun fact there. But he said, all right, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go out there. And I need you just to play your hits. And you're going to get a big reaction and everything. And we're going to put you on the station. 1-800-COUNTRY. There's actually... If you want to look up on YouTube those things, look up Jerry Lee Lewis Money in 1969, and it's one of the Jerry Lee Lewis classic performances, other than the Hammerstein Ballroom in Germany from 1964, which, you know what, I can't believe, I have to cover this, I really do. We're going to get into it after Jerry Lee Lewis Money, the 1969 version. We are going to quickly skip back to 1964 while I'm thinking about it. And we're going to get into the one of Jerry Lewis's class, one of the best rock and roll albums of all time. But we're going to get into that after I finish the late, early 1969. So he's out there and he's singing songs. 
Like, she even woke me up to say goodbye. That's also a song you could look up from the same performance. He's in a nice $5,000 jacket, classic jacket. And it's one of his greatest performances. And that really launched his comeback and launched his career back into sky-high rockets. So let's get to 1964 real quick. Let's go back a few years. In April of 1964, he went to Germany. And he did... A live rock album. I'm going to get the name for it right now. Jerry Lee Lewis, Live in Hamburg. And let's be honest here. It is one of the greatest rock and roll records of all time. It really is. And that is by Rock and Roll Historics. If you you have SiriusXM, which I greatly recommend you get SiriusXM, because you can listen to Fox News, CNN, Howard Stern, 50s on 5, Outlaw Country, 60s on 6, you know, etc. Even MLB. If you're an MLB fan, you can get the MLB for $100 a month. All the stations and MLB radio and NFL Network. I really, I recommend it. I would, you gotta get it. I would get SiriusXM, the future of radio. But Rock and Roll Story and that's one of the greatest records of all time. This is a prime example why Jerry Lewis has a God-given talent. To quote Jerry Lewis, he plays good guy in Miss Molly, and he's going so fast, the drummer can't keep up with him and the guitarist. You know, Jerry Lewis went through the most drummers ever in history because he played so fast, he goaded people into it. He really did. He goaded people. I'm going to go faster than you. And everyone says, well, you're 50. You're like 36, and you're a drug, old, you're a drug addict old man. You can't go faster than me. And, he's just, and it's like his fingers are like light wheels, even today. I went to go see him in 2017. If you listen to the first episode, Jerry Lewis Part 1, you'll already know that. I went to go see him in 2017. And let me tell you, it was great. His fingers still go. He might not be able to walk, but his fingers still go once he, gets, once he sits down at that piano. Highly recommend, if you want to get into Jerry Lewis, looking up that record, Jerry Lewis in Hamburg. And looking up the Jerry Lewis... What I, what I Say Earlier, and, you know, the Holiday Inn versions. Look it up. Great album. I listen to them all. I listen to them quite frequently. So we're going to get into 1971, where he... We will get into the first scandal of many that Jerry Lewis had in his life. He lost... He lost his wife, Myra Gale Lewis. She didn't die. They just divorced after 11 years of marriage. And uh, it's because Jerry Lewis really became a pillhead. To be honest, it really became a pillhead and was cheating and they lost a son and everything. And it was just, you know, I don't blame her for leaving Jerry Lewis. And, um, you know, listen, I'm surprised that they even lasted as long as they did. I really am. Because, um... You know, it's, it's it's really unfortunate, but I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. It was a doomed marriage from the start. They had to go through a lot together, and it really is what it is. He got remarried shortly thereafter. Um, let me think here. I'm going to look it up quickly. When did... I have to look this up. I... He got married in 1971 later to Jared Elizabeth 
I cannot pronounce that last name. Jaren Elizabeth, that's what we're going to call her. And they had, a, they had about a 12-year marriage. And I know people are going to be like, well, you're skipping over the one that he killed. She died in 1982. And there are rumors that Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis was the one that, you know, put the hit on her and killed her. And that the and here's what I'll say about this: if this is true, he should go to jail. And there are rumors that the Memphis, Tennessee people were, you know, it's a star. They don't want to bring a star to justice. And like I've said before, if you have money or power, you're going to get away with it. But they did a whole. I I would recommend to get more info on this to watch CBS 2020. And uh, you'll get a whole, Jerry Lewis gets interviewed, it's proven that he lies and that the investigations weren't held out. The family today today is actually suing Jerry Lewis still and trying to get him to go to justice. But I think because of statute of limitations, he will never go to jail for that. He was actually acquitted. He was never pressed, he was never pressed with anything. He got no charges pressed against him. I have to stress that. He had no charges pressed against him. And... You know, if something like that happened. Now, I got to stress this. Jerry Lewis has always claimed he never hit a woman. There are people that say, and there are people that back him on that. There are also people that said he witnessed him hitting Elizabeth. And again, I I wasn't there. I don't really want to comment on it. But I I will say, there's even been, Jerry Lewis said, if I can't have you, nobody could have you. He has even admitted to that. So... There is evidence out there saying he did commit that murder, but there also is evidence out there saying he didn't commit the murder. So if you want to get info on that, look up Jerry Lewis 2020, 1983. It'll have a whole episode on it. And that's really it. She died. He also had a wife that died of drug overdose, but that, was real. that wasn't because of him. That was not because of him. He married in 1984, Karen, Karen Lewis. They got divorced in 2005, and this is the wife he went to Ireland with. They had a son, Jerry Lee Lewis III, who is still alive today, one of actually his only sons alive today. We'll get into that in the 80s. So in the 70s, he came out with an album that wasn't very successful, but... You know, the next album where Jerry Lewis really hit it, his last big hit, he had many country hits. They were usually just all on the same album. The next Jerry Lee Lewis big hit was Middle Age Crazy. I think that came out in 1977. It's his biggest hit in the country era, 1977. He doesn't play the piano at all, um, which is really remarkable. He doesn't play the piano at all. Um, you know, this this song is beautiful. It really is. It's about a man who doesn't want to accept the fact he's getting old. And this song fit Jerry Lee Lewis perfectly. And look it up. I recommend it. It's really, it's one of the greatest country songs of all time. actually, Actually, on Outlaw Country, they had a top 100 list. And Jerry Lee Lewis's Middle Age Crazy came in at number three. So... Just so people don't think I'm kissing his ass. 
this really is one of the great country songs of all time. And this is really one of his best songs. It's better than his rock and roll album. So I recommend you going out there, shooting out that album, and just take take the four minutes and two seconds and listen to it. If anything, if anything, if you only listen to one song on this list, other than Great Balls of Fire and a whole lot of shaking going on other than those songs, I would personally recommend you suiting that song out because it's just really, it's a beautiful song. And Charity Lewis, you could tell, puts his heart into it. In 1979, his stomach exploded. So before we get into the... Before we get into the John Cash reuniting and him going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Jerry Lee Lewis almost died in 1979, not 1978. Because of all the drugs and all the partying this guy went to, he said he had a stomachache. He took aspirin with a shot of whiskey, as he said. 20 minutes later, an ambulance arrived to his house and his stomach exploded. He was only given 2% chance to live. But like I said in the last podcast, Jerry Lewis has nine lives, and he miraculously survived. Didn't perform till 1981, and got, got into an argument with his record company, because his record company terminated him for not making dates. The, course, the, the K course was settled out of court, and, you know... Thank God he survived to that. 1986, he got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And him, he was the first one inducted after Elvis. Of course, Jerry Lewis is one of the most, is Rock and Roll's first wild man. So really, you know, I mean, well-deserved. They also came out that same year with Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, um... Ray Robinson, Carl Perkins, they all came out with the Million Dollar Quartet album. Jerry Lewis does the song 16 Candles. He does This Train. He's bound to go with that train. It's it's an okay album. It's meh. I don't I don't really care for it. If you want to see it out, look it up. Jerry Lewis, 16 Candles. Jerry Lewis, by the way, is not in the Country Hall of Fame, which really pisses me off. And we'll get into that after we get into him leaving the country. And we'll we'll do that the present day. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah, that that really album's meh. It really is. It's it's meh. It's not it's not good. It's not bad. It's not my cup of tea. It's really a way to make money. All four guys are really just trying to make money. That that's really it. It's meh. Okay. I could take it or leave. All right, nineteen eighty eight. He got evicted from his house. All his possessions were taken by the IRS, and he left the country. He went to Ireland. For 10 years, Jeremy Lewis was in Ireland. He refused to go back to the United States. He's done. He went to Ireland and Scotland. And let me tell you, you know, the reason why was he never he didn't pay his taxes for a good 15 years. He settled with the United States and came back in um, 2005. And really, let me tell you, He's very lucky he didn't go to jail here. Jerry Lewis actually could have went to jail a lot. I, I did not get into the story of the time he went to Elvis's house. He said, this is a classic story. Then we'll get back to the taxes. Elvis, in 1977, he said it was very depressed. And he said, Jerry, I just want to see you. Jerry Lewis got a new handgun. And the guy said, put it on your dashboard. 
So you, when you get pulled, if you get pulled over, he said, I just got this. I, he wanted to put it in his glove department. Elvis called him and said, I want to see you. And he said, I'll take you out for a good time. Jerry Lewis is a known partier. And he pulls up to the gates and they said, oh, we're not letting anybody in to see Elvis. He rams through the gates and the whole SWAT team in Memphis came to get him. And said, oh, well, what were you gonna, What are you planning to do? And shoot Elvis? And Jerry Lee said, if you think I'm that stupid to shoot Elvis, then, boy, you have something else in your brain. He was never charged. Elvis died six months later. So that, that's really it about that. Funny story. Also, if you want to learn, hear all these accounts firsthand from Jerry Lee Lewis, look up Jerry Lee Lewis Playboy interview, YouTube. Very good interview. I enjoyed it. But, you know, so we talked about the tax evasion. So we're going to skip all the way to 2006. He came after Johnny Cash died. Ray Orbison died. Carl Perkins died. Jerry Lewis came out with an album, Last Man Standing. And that came out with a lot of hits for Jerry Lewis. Well-deserved hits, might I add to you. And there are a lot of good songs, which makes the Irish Heart Beat is a very good song. It's about someone that's far away from home and just wants to get home. I don't like Kid Rock. Here, here's an example. Anything with Kid Rock was just trying to ride Jerry Lewis's coattails. Oh, I'm Jerry Lewis's cousin. No, you're not. You're just a loser who can't have a. You haven't had a good hit since the '80s, and you're just trying to ride somebody else's coattails because I I I hate Kid Rock. Anything that Jerry Lewis and Kid Rock did together, I hated. I just I dislike Kid Rock. I don't I don't dislike him as a person. I dislike his music. Let me get that out there. I think Kid Rock is a very fine person. He he does a lot for charity and stuff, so I, I give him that. But he is just, I hate Kid Rock. As a singer, I hate Kid Rock. Hate him. I hate Kid Rock. One of the worst singers I've ever heard. Overrated. Worst singer I've ever heard. So he came out with that album, had a lot of good guests. He did a performance at BB King Bar and Grill. And... You know, it was a good album. It made him a lot of money. It actually went platinum. It sold a lot of copies. It came out in 2006. And, you know, it is what it is. It really is. Good album. And, to, you know, to me, Jerry Lewis's best album was the one he came out with in 1969, 1968, late 1968. Another Place, Another Time. With, you know, like we spoke about earlier. I think that was Jerry Lewis's best album that he ever personally came out with. 2010, he came out with Mean Old Man. Mean Old Man, you know, it went platinum again. But, you know, that's a meh album. It's, it's okay, you know. Him and Mick Jagger did a song. I, my personal favorite song on the list is... Send, I won't forget to put Dead, dead, dead Roses on Your grade, Grave. It's a it's okay. Not my personal favorite. You know, it's 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 an, it's an okay album. It really is. You can tell Jerry Lewis's voice is tired at that point. You know, he's he's getting older. I thought it was an okay album. wasn't my favorite album. He got married to his current wife and hopefully Jerry Lewis's last wife, his caretaker, as he says. And uh, you know, when I when I saw. When I saw Jerry Lewis in concert to push this up to present day, because to close out on me, old man, it's a man album, made him a lot of money. I bought it, of course. I was very young at the time. I think I was 2010. That was 10 years ago. I, I was eight. So I was excited because 
here's a, here's a fun story about my childhood. If you really want to know. One of my first memories in the car, I had to be like two years old, was the hearing the piano for the original whole lot of shaking going on. You, you should listen to it. The original that first came out. And I was just, I just clapped. And, you know, Jerry Lewis is my dad's favorite artist. He's, he's one of my favorite too. He's in my top five, of course. And, that, and that's my first memory. So to me, me and my dad going to Best Buy and buying that album really, you know, it, it made my dad happy. Just like going to see Jerry Lee Lewis with my grandfather. By the way, I'm recording this on Saturday the 15th. I probably said this in yesterday's podcast. This won't be released till Monday, of course, at 6.30. Happy birthday to my brother, my great-grandfather, and my grandfather who passed away. I went to go see Jerry Lee Lewis in 2017 to at the BB King Bar and Grill with them. It was a very... My dad was so happy that night. If I can remember, he, my grandfather enjoyed it. We have a video of that. We were in the front row. Jerry Lewis kicked the stool over at the end of the night. You know, he was, his voice got tired, but he played from 8.30 till 10.30, 11.30 at night. So really, he still performed up until 2019 in March where he had a stroke. And that's pretty much it. I mean... I don't think I'm missing anything out. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. I almost forgot. In 2016, he, uh, he filed a lawsuit against his daughter because the daughter didn't take good care of him and everything. And, you know, there are rumors that he got pneumonia and almost died because his daughter really was, like, very abusive towards him in 2012 to 2014. And then the caretaker slash wife who... When we went to go see him in 2017, she shook those pills and was chewing her gum, chomping her gum. (laughs) And, you know, big lawsuit there. It was, of course, thrown out. But, yeah, the, the lawsuit was thrown out. I don't know what's true or not. Of course, that's him and Myra's other daughter. Jerry Lewis had many kids. Jerry Lewis's son, Jerry Lewis II, died in a motorcycle accident in 1971. And uh, this is a good quote. To close out the Jerry Lewis podcast, I have two more. Th- I have one more thing to say. Three more things to say. But the last thing to close out his life before I get into why Jerry Lewis should be in the Country Hall of Fame is that he said once, if you've walked around past as many caskets as I have and you've seen as many loved ones as I have go through, you know, into the ground, you would understand why I drink and do as much drugs as I do to fill the void and the pain of going through what I went through. And I pretty and that, and that, in my opinion, sums up Jerry Lee Lewis to a T. That really does. He's a great artist. He's not. He's a the song "I Am What I Am" pretty much sums up his life. And you know that, that's pretty much it. Now this is an hypocrisy. The reason why Jerry Lewis isn't in the Country Hall of Fame to wrap this up is because he played in the Grand Old Opera, and they said no cursing, no whole lot of shaking going on, just do your country. And he was doing a great job, but then he said, "Let me remind you, I am Jerry Lewis. I am the killer. I am the, the the goddamn best." He said the f word, and he kicked the stool, and he did the profanity song of whole lot of shaking going on, the first real dirty song in America, in America's history, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's why he's not... They'll put him in the Country Hall of Fame the day after he dies. I guarantee it. He's up for the ballot this year. 
And I would personally just write and recommend him getting in. Let him enjoy it, really. Give him what he... Give him one last thank you. You know, they use all his country songs on all the country stations. They outlaw countries, basically. Jerry Lewis tribute station, really. So, I mean, you know, it's a shame that he's not in the country hall of fame. And that's pretty much it. We covered that in 29 seconds and... 29 minutes and 15 seconds. So, all right. Getting into the rest of the week. This is going to be, of course, released on Monday, 17th, President's Day, of course. Then we're going to get the XFL. Vince, Vince and Kennedy McMahon, the XFL. My review of that. That's going to be released on Wednesday. I'm going to Florida, of course, Friday till Monday. The next podcast after next Wednesday will probably be released Thursday. Talking about my trip. See if I can get any players also. That's pretty much it. So this was very fun for me to do. I am a Jerry Lewis fanboy, if you couldn't tell. I actually have an autograph of his upstairs. And that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening. XFL will be released Wednesday. It doesn't have a time. We'll be back on baseball the following Wednesday and that, or Thursday. And that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. I can't wait to do more of this. Maybe I'll do Elvis. Maybe I'll do Michael Jackson. Maybe I'll do Tupac. Probably not Tupac. Probably not Michael. Maybe Michael Jackson. Maybe some rappers. You leave your suggestions. We will have the Mets spring training roster review and NL East review sometime in March. Of course, we're going to do the Reds too. We're going to do the Yankees. We're going to do the Reds. We're going to do another team. So that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much.